And welcome to Ask Me About K-Pop, the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike. My name is Shannon. And I'm Angelica. Oh, I'm so excited about today. I know you have wanted to do this episode for so long. We've had it in, we've had it like on the books as one of our to-dos for, for forever. For forever. And it like really lit up all that research stuff in my brain and I am just buzzing today. Um, but before we get into our long-awaited topic of Korean trap music, I just wanted to have a quick thank you. Today, the day that we're recording this is the day that we launched our Patreon. And like a bunch of yes. people have signed up already. My heart is so warm. I know. We were we were talking the night before we launched it all to just say like, if we just have one person when we wake up, that would be so nice. And I think we had like 12. Yeah. And we already have 20 in just one day. And that's so wonderful. Thank you to everyone who signed up. And if you didn't listen to our little bonus episode, if you didn't catch our um, our big announcement, the announcement is that we have a Patreon now. <laughs> Um, so it's patreon.com slash pod, and we have three different tiers where you can make a small monthly donation and get a variety of different perks like bonus content and producer input on certain episodes like if we vote for a song battle you could be a part of the voting team um, so lots of fun things are, are in the works and I'm just very excited and very very grateful so far it's so exciting and um just like a note I didn't say in the first thing in the announcement just in case people aren't familiar with patreon like I said that it's like a monthly donation and that is the setup but like you can cancel at any time so like I just want like don't be afraid like if you just want (laughs) to pop in for a second and see what our bonus episodes are about like it's okay um it's not I'm not we're not asking you to make a huge commitment or anything just wanted to get <laughs> that terms is, and I conditions think, out <laughs> yes and on that note just to clarify like when you sign up it doesn't ask for a particular like it's just a one-time sign up and then it continues until you cancel yeah. it it's not like you sign up for a particular year or a certain number of months yeah and so, right? yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just yeah. like you're a member and so you'll have access to the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. There's still so much to learn and there's so <laughs> many ideas that we have and there's so many things we can do. So thanks to everybody who signed up, even though there's nothing, but there will be something soon. There will be something ah. by the end of this month, every month, right? Yep. That's the deal. <laughs> That's the deal that we signed ourselves up for. <laughs> and you signed up too. So here we go. We'll uh, join in this madness together. All right. So let's get into today's topic. This is a K-pop adjacent topic, but Mm -hmm. I think it's very relevant because A, trot music is arguably the K-pop before the term K-pop in that it was the popular music in Korea for a very long time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, like how disco used to be pop music in the United States. So Mm -hmm. it's like important and it's influential and it still has influence on the K-pop industry. And it's like a big part of like the Korean music scene still. um, Mm -hmm. And its influences are everywhere. Yeah, it's not necessarily considered to be part of the Hallyu wave because it is so like traditionally Korean and the 
audience is typically a little bit older, um, but it is very important and influential like in the Korean music industry in general um so you know I argue that we can totally that this is totally on topic absolutely (laughs) I think it is um just a question for you or us in general is like what do you remember the first time you were like aware of trot music being a thing or like I I don't know when I like first became aware of it, but one of my early memories of it is an episode of Roommate Mm -hmm. where they had a guest over who was a trot singer and they were playing karaoke and he was trying to teach them how to like throw your voice in a very characteristic like trot style. So that I remember being the first sort of like in-depth look at trot in the sense of like how what makes it a unique genre that I can remember. But I know before that I had like somehow come across just trot songs in general I feel like they come up in a lot of you know like dramas or reality shows or variety programs and so in that context I feel like I must have been exposed to to variety yeah I think it's just like such a huge part of the culture I was trying to think Mm -hmm. of this question and I think around the same time that roommate was on Yoonji from A-Pink was on a drama called Trot Lovers where a girl was Mm -hmm. trying to win a trot singing contest to get her dad's debts cleared Um, yes, I have that written down as my, in my trot on TV. Yeah. And so I remember (laughs) like being aware of it in the context of that drama and that guy on roommate Mm -hmm. who we'll talk about later. Um, but then I think when I truly understood it for the first time is when we moved here and started dancing in a K-pop troupe and going to Korean like community festivals because then I yes. saw people like fucking singing trot songs and then I got yes. it. I was like, oh, I yeah, get yeah, it yeah. now. Yes. Like when we went to the Korean music festival at the Hollywood Bowl for the oh first my God. time. And we saw, because half, like we went obviously for the K-pop artists or the K-pop We were there for like shiny, shiny exclusive. The first year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were there for shiny, period. Um, but, you know, that set list had mostly trot singers like it was kind of a really like and now it has more of an even balance of k-pop and trot but originally it had like way more trot singers um and i remember when we did our first little fan project and we brought glow sticks to the kmf oh my god yes um, there was that woman like those fans of the trot singers who came and asked if we had light sticks uh, for light sticks for him and we were like oh they don't have fan colors like i'm so sorry and she went back to her group and she told all of the other Ajumas, like, <laughs> they oh, don't they have don't any. have fan colors. Like, they don't have light sticks. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the point is, is that trot music slaps and a lot of it is really, <laughs> really good. And, like, the dancier stuff is, like, such a mood and I, like, totally get it. And I had a yeah. really good time learning about it. I think the general I, – I totally agree. Like, I think it's really fun. Um Full, like this is coming from someone who loves disco. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think Trot generally has the reputation of being like cheesy, older music, mm-hmm. like music for the ajumas and uh, like ajushis. To, and ajushis to like dance embarrassingly at the wedding. Um, but and it is that a little bit? 
it is totally that. It is totally that. Like at one of our dance festivals, I remember you and me like getting down oh my God. to this one song. That guy and, and they, his like, wife gave us and free the... drinks <laughs> because of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it is totally cheesy and it is like an older generation genre. But it's it yeah, it's a it's filled with bangers. It's filled with bangers, <laughs> and I'll get into it in just a second. But I also think that being able to do trot well is a real skill. And the yeah. people who are good at it are like extremely talented. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's just great. So let's get into it. I learned so much about trot. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, what is trot? Um, it comes from, the word comes from foxtrot, the American dance style. That's old timey. Um, but the signatures, the characteristics of trot music is that it has a two beat time signature like oompa, oompa, just one, two, one, two, one, two. No matter the speed, it's just quick like that. Trot music is often in minor keys, and lyrically, it is often about lost love or longing for home, or the concept of home is kind of a vibe. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that trot music specifically has like a theme of the like lyrical content of the genre, which is, is not true of every like musical genre that like the lyrical content all has to be thematically the same. Yeah. It's very interesting. (laughs) Um, and I think the most distinct thing about trot music is the singing style. Mm -hmm. And there's a specific term for a thing in trot music, which is called kokki. Kokki. And this is a singing technique where the singer takes the single note and turns it into a 16th note where they do the original note, higher, lower, back to the original note, all in that one space mm-hmm. of the single note. Um, and like it's sort of like a vibrato, but as you're wobbling your voice, the note is changing very quickly. And in trot music, when you're singing a low tone, you're supposed to do like a hard vibrato, but then the high tones are where you do this kokki flourish. Um, I have a good example of it, and I'll play it right now. So yeah, it sounds difficult, doesn't it? (laughs) It's a lot of, you have to have a lot of voice control in order to be able to to do that. Um, So that is a very big part of trot music, and so in that clip, you can definitely hear this kok, this koki uh, style, and it sounds like very traditional. And um, I think that there's direct ties to an ancient Korean folk art. So I'm going to take a second to talk about that because it's interesting, which is pansori <laughs> singing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is traditional Korean folk storytelling. It started in the 1600s and it was originally like a thing for like the peasant class to tell stories. And then as like time went on, it became like a thing that you entertained rich people with. Mm -hmm. And these days, anybody who is a trained pansori singer, it's like they usually work in like uh, cultural Centers, like a cultural scent, yeah. And they train for years and years and years to be able to do it authentically. Um, mm-hmm. So this is like storytelling, long-form storytelling in a sort of song style that has at least one singer and a percussionist. Um, and I'll play a little clip of what pansori singing sounds like because you have to hear it.
So that's pansori singing. Um, and yeah, it's a very specific style. People train forever. They specifically like train under waterfalls. Ooh, to like interesting. really For the acoustics of it and to connect with the earth and like because most oh. of the time Pansori's stories are about like grief and war and loss and they're like mm-hmm. very very intense um, and there's like five elements and they all have like a special name and it's like the tone and the rhythm and the vocal delivery and it's so mm. I feel like there isn't quite a direct line of Pansori to trot because they're very 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 different things but I feel mm. like you can see in that like Pansori was an original form of like pop entertainment that like that yeah. would translate into a modern context and also I mean I think from the the like vocal control in the style of singing and also in the um, thematic content of the songs like you can you can make a pretty strong argument that there's that there's roots there yes so the history of trot music as we know it today is a bit of a like contentious history that nobody can really Mm -hmm. agree on Um, so Uh, Back in 1910, Japan occupied Korea and they stayed there till 1945 and it was Mm -hmm. a very bad time and they like destroyed a lot of Korean stuff. And if you go to like any Korean um, temples, there's always signs that are like, this is the palace. The the Japanese burned down the real one in the 20s. Like we rebuilt it. So um, obviously Japanese influence was very like over the whole country. But so at the time in like the 20s, Japanese pop music was called Anka and like Korean pop music. I'm using pop very loosely is the 20s. People were singing like popular, popular music, music. Yeah. music. Yes. <laughs> popular music of the time. of the time. And so the, the Japanese version was called Anka and the Korean version was called Yuhang Changa, which like literally translates to trendy foreign music um, oh, because they were all like influenced by like western like drinking like oh Susanna like drinking songs mm-hmm. and like I don't know there was a lot of uh there was just a lot of Outside folk music interesting but by the time that Japan left in 1945 both countries popular music were kind of indistinguishable from each other so now it's just sort of like a debate like another thing that Korea and Japan fight about which is like who invented this music Um, And it's kind of hard to tell because everybody was very enmeshed and like that's for them to fight about, I guess. But like, yeah, and it happened while the cultures were over were living like overlapping. That's tough. Yeah. So um, eventually we'll talk about it a little later. But there was a point in 1968 where any trot music that was considered like too Japanese Mm -hmm. uh, got banned. Um, yeah, I think we've mentioned this before in some previous episode that, to be honest, I can't remember the like specifics of why we would have brought this up, but we've talked about how like certain genres of music uh, have been banned like in Korea, like rock music was banned for a really long time. Um, so it's this. Yeah, I'm so this was another like, thing where they were trying to like, there was mm-hmm. a lot of different times in Korean history where they've tried to like erase anything that the Japanese influence. Like I think we've talked about before, like yeah. you can't say certain Japanese words on TV or like play, you can only play one movie a year or whatever. Cause they, yeah. So in that they also were like, some of these trot songs sound too Japanese. They have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it's a, it's a battle that they continue to argue about to this day, but that's like, it was born during Japanese occupation. 
Um, but now we're going to go into some hits from some of the like decades. So when it became officially known as Trot. Yes. So um, in the 50s, like during the Korean War, um, which was 50 to 53, uh, there was like a singer. Her name was Shin Se-young, and she sang sad songs about war, and she was very popular. But then when the war ended, everyone was over that. Um, <laughs> so my, the most important figure, I think, of, trot, of early Trot is Lee Mi-ja, um, and she debuted in 1959. And I wrote that she is and continues to be that bitch. <laughs> um, she's so fucking talented. I listened to so much of her music the past couple days. Like all of her records from the 60s are like such a vibe. And her oh, her voice is so good. Um, and she's like 79 years old. And she's released like over 2,000 songs according to her Wikipedia page. Um, and she still sings amazing. I watched a video of her from January and she's like still so good. Anyway, in 1964, she came out with a song called Camellia Girl. So that was like her biggest song. But when they did that song ban in 1968, that was one of the band songs. And famously, the president at the time, Park Chung-hee, who we've talked about before, you can't call him a dictator, that guy. <laughs> he was having a banquet that she was attending and he asked her to sing that song. And his like officials had to like lean over to him like Smithers and be like, sir, that, your, that song has been banned. She's not allowed to play it. Sure, you herself, you yourself said that she's not allowed to sing that song anymore, sir. Yeah. Um, so she's the best, and she's, like I said, she's been active since 1959, but her, like, real reign was, like, in the 50s and 60s. Um, and an interesting thing about Trot in the 60s is that at the time, French music was very popular in Korea. Mm-hmm. It was very trendy and cool. You could probably hear it in that clip that I just Definitely. played. Um, so at the time, like trot music was sort of playing with a lot of like other international styles. Like there was a lot of tango and like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so in the late sixties, some people decided that like, we need to like preserve the integrity of what trot is. Um, and they started calling it pongjak, which is what most people, most Korean people don't say turot, they say pongjak, um, and I think it's just because I think it's an on, I couldn't find anything, but I think it's another onomatopoeia, like pong jock, pong jock, pong jock, mm. pong jock. That's what the music oh, sounds yeah, yeah, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've noticed a lot, like I noticed it on a, the boys video I was watching where they were talking about trot, but the translators had written mulberry in the mm. translation. And that's because pong, pong namu is like a mulberry tree. So I think it might just oh. be weird translation um but pongjak they started calling it pongjak and being like we're gonna make real tra music now yeah make it an official korean music genre yes um but it like wasn't that successful and it's like it was kind of declining in popularity for a while but then it got very revived in the 70s with a rivalry which is always fun 
Um, so there was one guy, and his name was Namjin, and he debuted in 65. And then there was another guy, Nahuna, and he debuted in 66. Namjin's uh, debut album was called Soul Playboy. And he had, tall, <laughs> he had tall feathered hair, and he sang <laughs> groovy trap music. Ooh. And then the other guy, Nahuna, he was a nice boy and he sat in a field on his album cover and he sang traditional trot music with his deep man voice. And so in Ooh. the 70s, there was like truly like a music war between like yeah. which of these guys is the trot guy. And it like mm. revived the music industry. Um, so just to get a taste of like what these dudes were like, I'll play their both of their hits from 72, which was like the peak of their rivalry. <laughs> I think it was a friendly rivalry too. Like I, I was just going to say, was it like, m- like a media, you know, a media created rivalry or was it more of like, Oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know? I think it was media. Created, is, is this but... a Monica and Brandy situation or. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. People that, they didn't like each other for real, though, right, Monica and Brandy? Yeah, I read the other day that right before this, like, iconic performance of um, uh, The Boy Is Mine, that Monica punched Brandy in the face backstage. And oh I God. don't know if that's true, but I couldn't believe it. Okay, so Monica and Brandy rivalries aside, I don't know if these guys <laughs> ever punched each other backstage. I hope that they did. Sounds fun. Okay, so in 1972, Namjin, the cooler the cooler one, I guess. <laughs> the soul playboy. Yes. He released a song called With You. And we've talked about this song before because EXO has covered it and it's great. And this was his biggest hit ever. And this is what the original sounds like. Um, okay, so that was yeah, with you, Namjin, real classic song. Every cover it of is a, every cover of it is good. It's good, but that was so funky, yeah. wasn't it? I loved it. So at the same time, rival Nahuna puts out Hometown Station. Yeah, so anyway, that was the rivalry of the 70s that like, uh, that shook up the music industry. (laughs) I love them both. It's so fun, right? I love it. You need a, (laughs) get you a man who can do both. (laughs) Soul, Playboy, and Hometown Hero. Just kidding. I know it's Hometown Station, but that's not a person. Um, Great. Okay. Next thing from the 70s. That was a big deal. Um, Cho Young Pil uh, hit it big in 1975 with a song called Come Back to Busan Port after a couple unsuccessful attempts in a rock band. I just love the passion. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, 
Okay, this next thing truly shook me because this was another episode where I was deep, deep in Korean websites and trying to like translate things because I wanted the real story. So in 1987, I read that a high school student named Moon Hee-ok sold 3 million copies of her first album the first week. And I was like, oh my God, like, I wonder what this girl's music sound like. So I pulled up this album, this first album, and was greeted with this. That album art was like the nerdiest about the author picture I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. She has like a mushroom haircut and the biggest, biggest glasses. But so I had to dig but farther. Like three, yeah, three million copies in 1987. How is this possible? I had to dig farther into it. So obviously it's like weird and experimental and it has like weird electronic sounds. So it's like it was ahead of its time. Electrotron. But... Also, this entire album was written in different Saturi dialects from different places around Korea. And it used like a ton of slang really cleverly. So like she was like immediately popular with all the kids for her like cool music. And apparently after this album sold 3 million copies, she like had a little like a school. She played the song for the first time at like a school assembly. Aww. That's very cute. It's very cute. Um, but the, the album couldn't be played on the radio because of the slang. So it oh, was like underground too. Yeah. Wow. It like couldn't be mainstream because of the very thing that made it popular. Yeah. Fascinating. So fascinating. So she's yeah. still around. She's still like singing stuff and like she kept the career going the whole time. And it didn't stay that like weird in 80s she went pretty mm-hmm. straight trot once she was famous but i just thought that was so crazy like fun 80s like teens being like lol funny music yeah what a fun <laughs> career start i bet that there are a lot of people who became her fan in like as a teenager that are still her fan today yeah probably um so the last thing i had from the 80s uh Tejina, uh, who we've talked about before because that recognizable yes. old man with the tall gray uh, toupee. Yes, we specifically <laughs> brought him up in our rain deep dive because of a collaboration stage that he did, several collaboration stages he did for La Song. Yes, so his thing is that he was an uh, like a very unsuccessful trot singer for like 16 years. Every album he put out was like a straight up flop. The Korean articles like just used the word like failure like very strongly and I was like, okay, nobody liked this guy. But then in 1989, after 16 years of stuff, he put out a song called Okyungi, which is just like a name, and this is what it sounded like. <laughs> Yeah, sing it. (laughs) 
Um, okay, so I'm almost done with my Trot in the Past recap. Um, because obviously in the 90s, there was a real dip in the popularity of Trot. Mm-hmm. Because as we've talked about a million times on this show, K-pop as we know it was born. Yes. So the- so a new pop music came into into the scene. Yes, it did. Um, so, But the only like 90s uh, Trot singer that was noted in these Korean articles, uh, her name was Kim Hyeon. She debuted when she was 20 after she won a uh, national singing contest. Mm. Um, and she made, quote unquote, Trot for the younger generation. So I watched a bunch of her videos like expecting you know, like the modern people will talk about in a second, but it was just like very standard old timey trot, but she was wearing cool outfits. Mm. She also, she honestly, I don't know if it was just like the makeup style of the time and that's why, but she reminded me of Selena a little bit. And like, I think it was just like the way they had their like hair and eyebrows, but she had like Selena energy. And I was like, I wonder if she knew who Selena was because it was like the right time period. Anyway, she debuted uh, in 1994, and this is what her debut song sounded Am I just be a big smile and thin 90s eyebrow thing and a lipstick colored thing? And the brown, (laughs) yeah, the brown lipstick for sure. Um, Anyway, so that like catches us up as far as um, past, the past of Trot goes. Yes, and it's interesting because a lot of those people that you mentioned, like like Tejina, for example, are still active today. So these very popular Trot singers that like, sort of built the genre they still put out sure do um but there are also there's like this new generation of trot singers um that came out kind of in the mid 2000s so i'm just gonna list i have like four of them to talk about and then we're gonna talk about other modern iterations of trot great so the first one her name is Hong Jin Young. Um, she's 35, and she I specifically wrote down all of their ages because, like I said, a lot of the, like when you Google trot singers, like you still get all of the people who are like in their 60s and 70s yeah. and still performing. So these people are younger. They're the they're the new group. Yes. So she's only 35. Uh, she debuted in 2007. She actually debuted in a girl group called Swan. It didn't last for very long, um, and so she debuted as a solo artist in 2009 with a song called Love Battery. song is very popular. Um, I feel like like it is um, covered and like mentioned in so many different things. I feel like I've heard like Bu Sung Kwan reference Love Battery a thousand times. We have, Um, we've also talked about Hong Jin Young so many times on this show. She is the girl who spent eight hours in a practice room learning how to wink perfectly. mm. She's a commercial queen. She sings commercial jingles 
Um, she was on that's she talked about her failed girl group on the second season of Unny Slam Dunk. She yes, this is a I was just gonna say she's on so much TV. So she's also an actress. Um so you can watch her in a lot of different dramas. She was on We Got Married. That's like what you I just know said. Her she from. was on Unny's Slam Dunk. She was on Running Man. She even won an award for best couple on Running Man. Wow. <laughs> um I don't rem- I didn't write down the guy that she was voted for that with, but that happened. So she's like a very popular face and presence. Um and that particular song love battery uh, is has been covered by so many different artists just to give you a sampling uh g friend luna tiara suzy jihyo orange caramel and more <laughs> have all covered that song um and it is all book. together so far since 2009 um hong jin young has released two eps a full album 13 singles and she's won nine music awards so she's very popular um she she got her first number one hit in 2017, and she continues to put out music today. My next artist, who's currently very popular, uh, her name is Jang Yoon Jong. She is 40, so she's a little bit older, and she originally debuted in 1999. So mm-hmm. she did debut like back in the day not a great time for trot in particular but she debuted in 99 um and she didn't get a big hit until 2004 she released a song called omona which means oh my the accordion in that song oh yeah um that song came out in 2004 um and it was her first hit but it was also credited with repopularizing the genre of trot um the clip i just played was from a music show performance Mm -hmm. and the it's really funny to watch because she's like a young girl singing this like trop song Mm -hmm. and all of her like backup dancers behind her are wearing like cool hip outfits like one of them is wearing such a crazy crop top and they have all of this like intricate choreography for the whole thing and she literally just stands there (laughs) doing like one hand choreography the whole time but it's a but it's a fun song yeah um, she in she's very popular today. So in 2017, she was ranked in a Gallup poll the third most popular singer in the whole country. So that includes idols, right? Mm-hmm. Um, altogether, she has had eight official full-length albums, but every single one of her albums is titled like Volume One, <laughs> Volume Two. So she's also had a 2.5, whatever that is, uh, and a Best of. So big deal, Jang Yoon Jong. My next artist, he is, uh, well, he's our first guy on it. Um, Actually, he's the only guy I'm going to talk about as far as, like, modern trot singers. Mm -hmm. His name is Park Yoon Bin. Um, He's currently 37. He debuted in 2006. Um, He's always been a solo artist. And his, uh, it was actually weirdly hard to find information about his specific discography and like what was his number one hit or whatever, Mm -hmm. because the the Wikipedia page was like very sparse. Um, I couldn't really find like his discography. Altogether, I can tell you that he has released five singles, three full albums, and a best of. 
but as far as like what was his first hit, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I picked this one from 2008 because it's a very very popular song. And I think also it's, it's a fucking pretty. Bop. I think it's pretty <laughs> indisputably like hit. That's his. Yeah, song, right. Like right? this is his song. Um, and I bet you that when I play this, so many people are gonna know it. This is from 2008. It's called Shabang Shabang. Shabang Shabang. such a good song yeah um he has he has another so we well we saw him at the hollywood bowl once i definitely remember that i don't remember which year but we definitely saw him one of the times yeah um but his other big song is called gondere mandere and at the beginning that that's, gal- the roommate. that's his debut album okay that roommate clip you were talking about at the beginning he was the person and that's the uh, song and they were going like gondere yeah. like over I, yes over. yes 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 and i just remember him being like <laughs> like with his arms yes. like leading the song leading the voice the sound um he it's funny when i was like doing my research and i was trying to find all of his most popular stuff he is the same name park hyun bin as like, the actor the who really is the famous in, actor yeah He's the, I've only seen him in Memories of Alhambra. He's the main guy in that. Um, But yeah, he's really famous. And so it was very difficult to find information about Park Hyun Bin, but he's a big deal. Um, my next one, my, she's going to lead very nicely into my, into like our next category of trot information. She just recently made it real big. Her name is Song Gain. She is 33 years old and she originally debuted as a solo artist in 2012, but she was relatively unknown until she competed in a TV show called Miss Trot in 2019. She won that show, which allowed, which gave her a cash prize and also the opportunity to record a single. And the single she recorded was called Oma Arira. I like don't want to fade it out I have because that full song body is, chills. I know that was right? crazy. It's so her voice is fucking crazy. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good, you guys. <laughs> I watched a performance. I sent it to you. It will be my recommendation. Spoiler alert! But I watched a performance of that song earlier today that like absolutely devastated me in the greatest way. Um, she's awesome, and I'm like very much looking forward to following her career because her so- her voice is unbelievable. That's great, and I oh no, sorry, go no go right. I was just gonna say I feel like that's such a perfect button for our like end of the trot timeline because like Arirang is like one of the oldest Pansori songs. So like, and not that that was that song, but it's an homage. It's yes, point it's a is, call out. To come it. around, coming back around. Yeah. Yes, it like all comes back, right? Because she is sort of our like, and I'm going to talk about this right now because I'm going to talk about Trot on TV. Um, But she sort of is like bringing in this 
brand new era of trap music um, because like I said she became famous once she um, first appeared and started competing on this show called Miss Trot and she later eventually won um, Miss so now I'm going to sort of segue into Please. T- trot TV shows. <laughs> so Miss Trot was a cable TV show on a channel called TV Chosun. Um, it ran from February to June of 2019, and it had a hundred female contestants who were competing, like I said, for a cash prize, which was very small. <laughs> it was like third. It was like twenty six thousand US dollars, like Ugh. not that much money, um, as far as like competition shows go. Yeah. But anyway, they were competing for a pri- for a cash prize and the opportunity to record a trot single. Um, and throughout the show, they competed. There were like team matches and then individual like one on one battles. And I remember had to do- when we were in Korea one night, just mm-hmm. like eating chips and watching TV. Miss Trot was on, and it like caught our yes. attention because they were performing for soldiers, and they were wearing like yes. little sparkly costumes and like performing for soldiers. And we were like, "What is this?" And we yes. watched it for a while yes they also had to, I was reading up about it and it sounds like a fascinating show I kind of want to go back and just like watch it in for in general mm-hmm. because part of it they had to do obviously they had to like do certain cover like sometimes they would the two people who were facing off had to sing the same song and it was like whoever sang it better and then sometimes it was like a team uh a team challenge where you had to sing a particular genre of trot music or Mm. a particular style of trot music which I didn't even know there were styles within trot but there are and some of them are dance trot semi-trot rock trot elegy trot ballad trot and old trot (laughs) Kimmy Ja is an elegy trot singer I know that hey I've learned so many things I love this (laughs) Learning is fun. (laughs) So anyway, this show, Miss Trot, it came on and it was the first of the, it was the first Trot variety competition program and it was wildly popular. It had an eight, it set a record with an 18% viewership rating, um, which was, like I said, a record for a cable entertainment program. And Korea Times reported this year in 2020, quote, the trot boom is back. And they specifically credited this show with reviving it because this show had such high viewership um, that it led to four different shows being created, similar trot competition shows on different networks. Oh my God. There was uh, the same cable network, TV Chosun, also released Mr. Trot, which I'm about to talk about. Um, and then there was uh, NBC. They produced a show called I Am a Trot Singer. It was a variation of a show called I Am a Singer yes. that they already had. Um MBN also released a show called Trot Queen, which I saw is also sometimes called Voice Queen. Um, and then they also, MBN as a follow-up to voice to Trot Queen, created Voice Trot. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of these shows specifically. So Please. let's start with Mr. Trot because it's the companion to Miss Trot. Uh, Mr. Trot aired this year, January to March of 2020, and it was even more popular than Miss Trot was. Really? It had, yes. Oh my God. I, yes. The because final I was episode... going to say, like, not to, like, interrupt, but I was going to say, like, oh, I get why Miss Trot would have been popular because the same thing with that, um, with the Kim Hye-yeon in the 90s. Like, I get, like, a young 
young mm. women doing trot would get like the trot fans excited because like oh look a new young pretty person is doing our favorite genre of music but i guess like in all things the misogyny and the boys the why do the boys they get all the attention yeah they do How? get all the attention i mean it's probably because the if you think about like who is the um like ma- biggest fan base of trot music right. it's like Ajumas, Ajumas, right? Yeah. And like, what does an Ajuma want but like a pretty boy singing their this favorite music, songs? Right? I know, like, I get it. I, but I thought that the I girls in the sparkly booty shorts would have done it. But I mean, it worked for the soldiers. But this did. is what hooked the the moms. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Mr. Trot, their final episode had a thirty five percent viewership Damn. rating, and it included live audience voting. They received 7.73 million real-time votes. It crashed the system, and they ended up having to delay the announcement of who won by, like, three days. Oh, my God. Because they needed to, like, they ended up having to make an announcement on the nightly news that aired several days later because it took them so long to figure out who actually won. That's crazy. Um, But... The winner, his name is Im Yong Un. He has not debuted yet, but I want to play this clip of something of like one of his uh, one of the rounds that he did on this show because he's wow me, let's go. It's very good. <laughs> like I get it. <laughs> Can he get it? Yeah, <laughs> he probably could. <laughs> I feel like I'm being transported to an old country that I'm not from. Like, oh my God. I feel like I'm crying. Oh my God. He's great. And also in that clip that you played, a bunch of the people that I just talked about were sitting in that, in those yes, stands. Yes, yes, yes. The, the judges, of, so like the whole purpose, of like the way that the competition works on Mr. and Miss Trot is that you have to, like when you, you perform for a panel of 12 judges um, who are all like famous, either really well-established Trot singers or composers and producers, and you have to earn all 12 hearts. And then anyone who earns all 12 hearts immediately advances to the next round and anyone who gets like seven or more hearts or something then the judges deliberate to see like who gets Mm. to go or whatever um but he's amazing he hasn't debuted yet and so i'm very much gonna keep an eye on (laughs) that guy because you guys couldn't see the video but he's also a very pretty very (laughs) handsome nice tall hair good tall hair good forehead good Mm -hmm. work yeah good work good work so let's see let's see so like I said Miss Trot was so successful that it ended up inspiring other cable channels to put out um, their own versions of this show Um, and the only one that I really like I said there was I am a trot singer from NBC and trot queen from NBN but what I want to talk about is this new show Um, it just premiered on July 10th of this year 2020 and it is an NBN show it's a follow-up to their show 
Trot Queen, but it is a trot competition show with idols, with idols as the contestants. So the basic premise of this show is that there are 80 contestants, um, like the rest of the competitions they are competing for both a cash prize and the opportunity to record a trot single um and the way when I was reading like the list of who's on it it's kind of it's got a little bit of like the unit vibes of like people who haven't honestly though in other places I think that's so interesting though I feel like that is an interesting new thing about the k-pop or the variety space of right now is that there's like a tier of idol, like a C-list celebrity tier of idol Mm -hmm. that will do like, that is a guaranteed cast for any of these kinds of shows. America has a lot of them too. And it like used to be like people who were on TV in the seventies, like, Mm -hmm. and like, I feel like the idol version of that is this, like these kids who are fucking talented, but like had poor, poor, like management, and so now yeah, they can just like get passed around. In a small around. group, or they're exactly like they were in a small group, or they had a small company, or whatever the case, they just weren't successful as an idol, but they are super talented and they have face and name recognition. So you can just like shuffle them around on TV. Yeah. Um, so just some of the people who are going to be on this show, and I'm like listing them out because this show is airing right now um, Uptension Sonyul, Dalshabet Subin, Boyfriends Jongmin. NCUS's So Sukjin, former Reigns member and produced 101 contestant Kim Songri, soloist and former Bad Kids member Monica, the rapper Sleepy, who is from the group Untouchable and also was on We Got Married, Mm -hmm. Um, and more, right? Like I said, there's 80 80 contestants. And I, some of them I didn't write down because, like, I didn't know their names or their groups. Some of these I don't know their names or their groups, but they sounded the most familiar to me. So I don't know. Maybe you know who they are. (laughs) Anyway. This is, like I said, a current trot competition show. We'll see what happens. I mean, maybe this could, like, relaunch one of their careers as a trot singer. That would be very interesting. Um, but the other places that you can find trot on TV, I think trot, like, lives on TV in, in a lot of different ways. Um, like I said, there's this new resurgence and, like, really popular trend of um, trot competition shows because Miss Trot was so popular. And all of these shows have been really popular. Like, every single one of them has really good ratings. Um, but there are other places that you can also commonly find trot music. Um, shows like Immortal Songs. Um, Immortal Songs is a show that we've talked about several different times on this because the general premise of the show um, is that they're you're doing like an homage to an iconic artist right Mm -hmm. so the original show started in 2011 Um, no I'm so sorry Um, the original show started in 2007 and it ran from 2007 to 2009 it was technically a competition show but the like there wasn't really a prize Mm -hmm. or anything Um, and the concept was interesting because it had a special guest every week and that special guest was the vocal coach and then their students um, had to sing karaoke versions of the vocal coach's top singles which were voted on by netizens so netizens chose the songs that defined that artist and then new artists performed karaoke versions of those songs for the artist and I think because the uh, guest artist was considered to be like the vocal coach they chose sort of like the best performance or whatever. 
Um, they had two seasons of that show. It was hosted by, we brought them up in uh, one of our like first gen episodes, Country Coco. Okay. <laughs> uh, the duo, uh, the duo country Coco, Shin Jong Hwan and Tak Jae Hoon. Um, plus, they eventually added a third co-host, Kim Song Un. Um, they hosted it for two seasons, and then in 2011, the show was revived. Um, it was called Immortal Songs Two, and it was just the original concept, just the same. But the following year, in 2012, they rebranded it. So technically, today it is called Immortal Songs: Colon Singing the legend Um, and it's still on tv today and the premise is a little bit different just in the sense that i think they got rid of the whole like vocal coach student scenario Mm -hmm. and now every single episode they have seven artists either idol groups or soloists um, and those seven singers come on and they do reimagine they prepare a reimagined cover of whoever is the special guest of that week and then the audience votes on who they think did the best um so that's still on i know that we've brought that up a lot of different times that second format is much nicer it's a little more because it does feel and it feels more like an homage to be like because then Mm -hmm. because the artists you know like they get to sit in a special chair and they cut to them a bunch while they like smile at the young kids singing their songs or whatever, but a reimagining is more fun than like you described, like singing a karaoke track, like to the person, like that sounds, that sounds awful, frankly. I, yeah, (laughs) I totally agree. And I I think like the best part of the new immortal songs is the, like the reimagining of the concept. That's the fun part, right? It's like, you get to see, I would assume as the original artist, you get to see how your work like inspires Mm -hmm. these new artists. And that must be the fun part of it. And we get really good tracks out of it. Like you mentioned EXO does a cover of that song that you with just you. played. Yes, with with you Soul Playboy. I guess that is fitting mm-hmm. that EXO would choose them and choose <laughs> him to cover. Um and their reimagining of it is so fun. Um this isn't trot, but I know I brought this up a thousand times. 17 does an amazing Om Jong Hwa medley that like mixes in a bunch of different stuff. Immortal songs Awesome. Good show. Awesome content. Good show. Um, the last show I wanted to mention, just because this is not specifically like Immortal Songs, it's not specifically a trot show, but you will see a lot of trot music on this show, and that would be King of the Masked Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a show you're probably familiar with because idols go on it all the time. Um, it is an NBC original show. It started in 2015, and it is still on TV today. It is so popular in Korea, and because I think of K-pop has become popular internationally, so much so that the U.S. created their own version of this show. I've never watched it. It oh, looks it's quite awful. super bad. Oh, I mean, it ruins, it it takes away all, (laughs) it takes away all of the joy and all of the skill and all the important thing Mm. in a King of Mass singer and turns it into a wild, just Nick Cannon is like, and Jenny McCarthy, like everyone on it is the worst and no one can actually sing. And it's like, it's Tony Hawk. And like, and like, that's that. That's exactly. That's why the American (laughs) version is fucking bullshit because the people that they get in the masks are a not good singers and B not that famous. Yeah. Whereas like on the King of the masked singer in Korea, like Exo Chen is behind the mask. right? Right. So like a big 
actual famous people are on this show, which is what makes it fun. The basic premise of the show is that every competition takes place over two episodes and the competition is just one versus one, right? It's like one on one person and they, these masked singers face off in three rounds where they either have to sing the same song or they sing uh, a song of their choice. And then the winner of the final third round gets to challenge the previous competition's winner, who is the Mask King. And they will either get eliminated or they take their place as the Mask King. And it's fun because the Mask King doesn't get unmasked. Until they lose, yeah. Until you lose. So some Mask Kings have gone, like they go undefeated for a really long time. And then everybody has a really great, like, has a lot of fun trying to guess who they think it is. Yeah, recently we talked about when, before Solji came back to EXID, she -hmm. went on Mass Singer and she, like, couldn't lose. And she just, like, kept staying on the show because she was really good. Yes, we... (laughs) Yes, and we talked a lot about the King of Mass Singer when we did our EXID deep dive because uh, her appearance on the King of Mass Singer helped bump up the um, popularity of EXID. So the show's really popular, and like I said, it's not specifically a trot show, but you see a lot of trot songs sung on that show. So just an example of some places where you can find trot today. Beautiful. So that is like our general wrap-up on trot music and I hope that you've learned a lot I know that we did um and that maybe you've come away with this with a slight new appreciation for trot music and just like an early recommendation that's on topic if you do if you do find yourself like I want to know more about this um KBS has a specific YouTube channel that's called KBS Golden K-pop um and it's all trot footage like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours like most of these people that I mentioned have like six or seven two-hour compilations that it's like this chunk is 1982 to 1991 and this chunk like so many performances and they're all like split up and time coded and you can like click and go to the next one it's so well organized but the only problem is that the whole channel is in Hangul like you can't find it searching Mm. in English so I'll link it but if you know how to write golden k-pop you'll find it but like there's so much so just a wreck if you're looking for like more trot to consume it's on yeah YouTube. if you want a retrospective that's neatly organized <laughs> it already has exists it. <laughs> um well any final thoughts about trot music before we play our random game i mean i just think trot music is fun <laughs> I do love cheesy music. It's probably one of the things that like drew me to K-pop in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I love trap music. I think it's so fun. I always adore when we go to like, oh, we won't get to do it this year. I know. Our dance festivals and we go to like the Korean culture fests and there's always like the trot music playing at the drinking tent or like or the karaoke or the guy with the sparkly jacket on the stage with his wife in full hambok and they're like doing like shimmy songs it's so or even just like the food stands have like a karaoke station set up outside of their little like like an old man tent and there's just an there's just an old couple singing something ugh I miss the outside world but I love trot I miss like fun public events (laughs) (laughs) Um, like I know that I've always been a homebody but I'm a little sick of it sometimes I know I know (laughs) 
Um, so find some fun trot music and shake your booty or find some tr- sad trot music and like stare out a window and cry. It like has all the things that range. you need. It's got range. <laughs> um, we'll be right back with our random game. All right, we're back. And we got a co-ed hip hop group that somehow slipped under our radar and like our co-ed group episode. I think it's because they are technically categorized as a hip hop group and not a K-pop group. Mm. Um, but whatever. But we're going to talk about them now. They're <laughs> but called... they made the cut for the random game. Yes. And they're called Play the Siren. Yes, like those three separate words, play the siren. And they debuted in 2014, and they had six members. I don't know how many were girls and how many were boys. We'll find out when we watch the video, We will I find guess. out. I'm going to hope that it's three and three, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, they originally started with a small company called Baljunso, um, and they had sort of like an underground, um, I guess, following. And then SM Entertainment acquired Baljunso in 2014. Um, so then the official debut of this group was what after the SM um, merger, they debuted with a single album called dream drive in july um and because they were an affiliate of sm um the teaser featured luna of x of fx and she participated in both the debut song and the music video yes um and then they released another album in 2015 called green light um and then Oh, but that album only had three members on it. Yeah, was there's released not a lot on of... YouTube. Oh mm. dear. Yeah, there's a lot of. Well, they originally started before they were on SM. They're all they all of their stuff was like put out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. They had like a YouTube channel or something, um, and then they did do like a. Um, oh, sorry, no. Uh, but there's not a lot of information on their Wikipedia page, like in general about the sort of like history of their group and like why people mm-hmm. left or anything. Um, so all we really know is that their second album, which like you said, was uploaded to YouTube only had three members. Mm-hmm. And then that was released in April of 2015. And in July of that same year, there was a comeback that was released and it was called a comeback of play the siren, but it only had one member one. And, his, and it had the member whose name was siren and so it was unclear oh, wow. that it was either his solo debut or he's the only remember remaining member so probably not good <laughs> that's unclear wow um but they officially disbanded in august of 2015 and it looks like one of their members a girl named casper has a bit of a career as like a reality show rapper she's done seasons of show me the money and unpretty rap star um she had also before they signed on with sm she had a solo like youtube presence as well so i wonder if she's sort of always had like an individual standing as well yeah interesting 
Well, Interesting. we're going to watch their debut music video for Dream Drive featuring Luna. Yeah, it's their, they have all together, they only have four music videos and two albums, like we said. So not a lot to choose from, but this is their most watched. Are you ready? Okay, ready? Three, two, one. All right, nice title card. A guy is asleep in a van. Oh, a, Luna, she's alive on a magazine. Oh. Already, this is not what I was expecting. No. I did see on the Wikipedia that this song was categorized as R&B and that their follow-up to this was their first official, like, hip-hop. Okay. But I wouldn't really call this R&B either. That's Casper. Okay, this is Casper. Okay, I think it is three and three, three boys and three girls. One of the members appears to maybe just be a DJ. Oh, they're showing their names behind them. I see. Yeah, That's Beckbaum. Like, Beckbaum. So this whole music video is like a weird dream sequence of like a guy asleep in a van with Luna's magazines in his car. And she's like singing on the front of like travel and camp magazines. And then sometimes all of the members are outside of the car with a DJ set. And they're all wearing the same outfit. <laughs> yeah. The guy who's been asleep in the car this whole time has not sung anything yet. This is a different guy. Squirrelum. I can't. Squ- I couldn't see what was fine. <laughs> Squish. <laughs> all right. Oh, a new girl. We haven't seen her at all yet. Chi-Chi. <laughs> Good dip dye Her beanie too. says homies. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird that Luna said this. I know. <laughs> Especially those scenes where she's like in the car with in them. In the car with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're also, I feel like I'm only seeing like four to five people. I was just going to say, I feel like we haven't seen all six members. And in the scenes where Luna's in the car, there's definitely not all six There's only three other people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've only been introduced to four of the members. Because the guy who's driving hasn't been introduced. No, he hasn't. And that is only five. Hmm. Maybe the DJ is the six. Yes, there were six when the DJ was there. That's true. But the DJ doesn't get to come in the car. Oh, there he is. So it's actually, it seems like it's four boys and two girls. Okay. 
Oh, they're just like doing a light show and pretending to sit in a car. Oh, that style of van is the same kind of van that was the time traveling car yes, in that was. Netflix drama. <laughs> oh, he just left the tape there. Someone's going to find that. Yeah, he took the cassette out because all of that started when he put a cassette in mm. his car. So he took the cassette out and threw it in the backseat. Wow. Well, that wasn't very good, and it was short-lived, so that that's that. Play the cypher. <laughs> <sighs> um, all right, it's recommendation time. Yes. Um, and I'll make one quick on-topic trot recommendation, and then we have some, like, new releases to talk about and recommend, okay. right? Okay, yeah, so my good. trot-specific recommendation is called Ong Shimmy. And this was Min Hyuk from Monsta X, a little like side project of love that he did. He wanted to make a trot song and Juhani helped him and they filmed a music video by themselves. And Min Hyuk is wearing this yellow suit that like he absolutely loves. He loves the way you can tell he's just feeling himself so hard in that ridiculous yellow suit. And it's just like a fun, like modern clubby trot, uh, trot song. And the music video is funny. So if you've never seen that, Angshimi, you should check it out. I actually just rewatched that the other, like a couple of days ago. It's totally worth it. Juan is wearing like a very tight bellhop outfit, <laughs> and they're like clearly filmed it like three a.m. in China somewhere. Or like it's yeah. very, it's very funny. It's good. Um, my recommendation, I teased it earlier. Um, Song Gain, the woman who won Miss Trot, uh, her song, Oma Arirang, she performed it at the 2019 KBS Song Festival, and she has like a full orchestra and band behind her. And there's also like at a certain point, like traditional dancers come out and like do this like bridge. Um, and it's just that song that we played. I mean, you guys heard it. It's dramatic as fuck. And it is like, oh, my God. It is so that performance of it is so incredible. Like, if you thought that the music video was going to give you chills, just Ugh, wait until so, you see her sing I it live. Wait. I can't it's wait. It's so to watch good. It. It's so good. She's so good. So, yeah. Song Gain, Oma Arirang, KBS Song Festival 2019. Great. Excellent stuff. Um, but as far as, like, now we're recording at home and we're not behind... And there's some things that like have come out. There's something that came out today that I, we yes. got to talk about for a second. Let's G talk Friend, about that first. Yeah. G Friend has a new song, new song and album out. The title track is called Apple. Yes, it's called Apple. It's just called Apple. Uh huh. Yeah. The music video is like the theme of the music video is basically like fairy princesses wake up from their curses and then they become the villainous queen <laughs> which is a storyline I can get behind yeah um but the entire I think like all of the aesthetics of this at least from what I know G-Friend to be with their like typical I mean I think of G-Friend I think of rough and mm -hmm. I think of like schoolgirl concepts with like complex but very like dainty choreography um and I know that you love their b-sides a lot I stick um, up for G-Friend b-sides all the time mm -hmm. and it's not it's not a uncommon 
thing to say that usually G Friends uh, title tracks sound like anime credit songs. Yeah, totally. It's like a very, very specific genre. And mm-hmm. their B sides are always like so interesting and good. So I'm really proud that this time they chose the interesting and good song to be the title track instead of the same song that they've put out four times before because they're mm-hmm. all really good. And I like yeah. think people should hear them. But this song is so interesting. Like there's a part of it that reminds me a little of something that I can't place. There's like a second gen girl group energy to it. But overall, it's like the most unique song I've heard in a while. Yes, I totally agree. And the G-Vren is always so good with their choreo. Like that's my favorite part about them. They're so fun to watch. And this doesn't disappoint. They do really awesome like arms and formations. And the point moves of this is very like sister leg dance. They're Mm -hmm. wearing all these long skirts with long slits in them. Oh my God, it's very good. I was instantly obsessed with it as soon as I watched the music video today. And then I immediately, like, they have done one stage so far. It just came out. We're actually on top of something. Yes, I know. I can't believe it. So as of this recording so far, they've only done their, like, showcase stage. Um, But you can see the full choreo in it. And they're wearing the, like, amazing white outfits from the music video. And it's just beautiful. Beautiful. So good. Um, What else? What else have we been? What else have we been talking? Okay, another new release that I am like proud of myself for being on top of. Um, I have been very much enjoying this SF9 comeback. Oh my god! Um, they came out. Their lead song is called "Summer Breeze," which has like a Western aesthetic to it and like a Western sound. Sometimes they work that aesthetic into the like visuals on stage, like in the set or their costumes. But I feel like they've been having a lot of fun just having like summery like Mm -hmm. looks or whatever on stage. Um, But I personally, I think that I like the B side they're promoting even more than Summer Breeze. Um, I really like the song Into the Night and they've been wearing a lot of like kicky berets on stage (laughs) and Roan is very good looking and very I learned looking. his name specifically because I think he's very good looking <laughs> and we spent uh, a whole day we spent a whole day this weekend yeah. just sharing and watching a bunch of different SF9 stages um, we started with Summer Breeze and then we went into Into the Night and then we spent a very long time uh, watching every single every video single. that exists Every single their 2019 release, which was called 2018. Oh, excuse me. 2018. That's right. It was even. I can't believe. You know what? I for I told Um, us to forgive ourselves because this song, this SF9 Now or Never song came out the same week as Retro Futurism and the Hyuna and Dawn news exploding. Like we were not paying attention to other things at that moment. But I'm still mad that it slipped by me anyway. I am still upset. And you know what? I'm a, I, no, I was going to joke and say I'm upset at you guys (laughs) for not sending this to us immediately. But I tease. I tease. Um, This is, it's just really fucking good. If you have not watched or listened to SF9 Now or Never, which is a two-year-old song by now, (laughs) um, it's really fucking good. And I am very obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah. I bought that whole album. I bought so many SF9 albums yesterday because I was just like, well, this is happening now. Um Oh my yeah. gosh, you know what else came out today that we're, we can also be on top of? Oh is my God, the XOSC. XOSC comeback. <laughs> oh my 
my God, what? What is this new era we're living in where we're so on top of things? It's an era where we can't go anywhere. So there's like nothing. There's no excuse for being late with the news. Um, yes, this whole XOSC comeback. They came out with a um, second album called One Billion Views. Um, and full disclosure, I like wasn't really feeling this comeback um i the pre like the pre-releases were all both solos were disappointing and yes you don't like the styling this time around i really really don't like the aesthetics i don't like this i don't like the aesthetics of the music videos and they have released and right now they've released four music videos there's a pre-release track called telephone two solos so one for sailing one for chanyol and then their like title track which is called one billion views one billion views is a bop. Like, so it's good, funky. It's got disco guitar. It's got such a great baseline. It is a super fun song. But the music video, I don't really like because there's just so much happening in it, and it's like a neon assault to your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like one of the one of our uh, Discord participants called Chanyol's haircut a spork of a haircut and I think it because it's a bowl cut in the front and a mullet in the back and it's that's so so accurate um it's very ugly it's not a good haircut and Um, the in the new music video from today the scene where they have pushed and I can't believe that they have taken away the golden standard of your hair looks sexy pushed back and that that haircut looks worse pushed back yeah how it does I don't know, but it's not, it's bad. And I don't like it. I don't like the visuals of this comeback, but I did buy the album today after listening to it on Spotify, because the only two songs on it that I don't like are the Chanyol and Sehun solo tracks. I like all the rest of it. Um, Jet lag is so good. Oh my God. Jet lag is so good. I like the say it, say it with Penomeko. That one is good. I like the say it. I like jet lag. I like fly. I mean, I like all of it except for the two solo songs. Yeah. Even the instrumental version of one billion views is a fucking banger. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Yeah. That's super great. Mm -hmm. That's super great. Oh, I love it. It's nice. It's nice to have things to like and listen to at the moment. Yeah. Um, one last one last shout out for a thing we've been enjoying before more things come. I know it's like a month old at this point, but Woods. <gasps> yes. Woods so with a there's Z. this guy Woods, all caps with a Z. And mm-hmm. he was in a he was uh, an X one that yeah. didn't get to, you know, the X ones didn't get to be a group. So he's solo now. And he has this song called Love Me Harder. Yes. And That's I the think one he's promoting. I think his voice sounds so much like Yongwa from CN Blue that it's like mm. I can't get over it. It's not a bad thing because I like Yongwa's voice, but every time I hear it, I'm like, "Are you sure this is a different person?" But it has the <laughs> wildest point choreography at the chorus, and it has the great whistle, and it's like kind of westerny. And there's this tiny sound in it that like goes with the dance move so well. And to me, it sounds like the jingle of Spurs, mm-hmm. and like oh. I just love it oh my gosh it's so good the relay dance of it like really made me blush because the number of pelvic thrusts that are in the co- the chorus choreography are a lot uh-huh. um there's a very handsome backup dancer who has long hair um it's just a great there's been like super excellent stage outfits and 
he's a really good singer. I've watched like a couple other of his of his songs and like every song of his that I've heard so far I have liked. I've like yeah. I'm really very much enjoying this this Woods character. Yeah, so welcome Woods. Yeah. Um all right. We should wrap it up because we got to save some content because we have to put bonus episodes out now. Hey, transition. Yeah, but we won't put our bone we won't put our Rex in bonus content. I, I was just trying to make a nice segue to remind you that we have Fair bonus enough. content now. <laughs> Patreon.com slash AMAKpopPod. Um, and then otherwise, uh, last reminder, KPSN Podcast Fest this weekend. If you're listening to the episode the day it comes out, you have just a few more days to buy tickets. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So y'all should be there. Yes, follow us on social media for information about the uh, K-pop Social Night Podcast Fest that is this Saturday, July 18th. We will be posting a lot of information. We will also be having a little competition to give away two free tickets. Um, so find us on Twitter and Instagram at AMA K-pop Pod. Yep. And our Discord channel, Ask Me About K-Pop, Ask Me About K-Pop, the podcast on YouTube, amakpop at gmail.com for emails, 181-AMA-K-POP-5 if you want to leave us a voicemail. Those are all our places. Those are all of our places. And once again, thank you to all of our new patrons. I'm really excited to make extra content for you guys. And thanks for loving us and being supportive. (sighs) Y'all are the best. And I'm so grateful for you. Ah, you're just why we do these things. (laughs) Um, All right. We will see you this Saturday at the podcast festival. And then we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Jonghyun, you're our inspiration. (laughs) 